0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Alex McLeish thinks Rangers could sell big this summer. Martin O'Neill says Jota and Carter Vickers should be Celtic's transfer priorities. And Nathan Patterson is back available for Wednesday's Armenia Clash. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Wilson. Well, after the disappointment from Scotland last week, people are rightly probably looking to their club's futures in transfer time. is always interesting. Rangers and Celtic will no doubt be getting business underway soon. But... Scotland fans must not forget though that this is an important week against Armenia twice in Republic Ireland at the weekend because the Nations League although it's not a big tournament for other countries it is for us and we can't lose sight of that so it'll be interesting team selection on Wednesday I believe Steve Clark will make changes on Wednesday and play a stronger team at the weekend Could you bring yourself to watch Wales-Ukraine at the weekend? You know what <laughs> I did, I switched it on and You're a better make, man than me It made me sick And you've got to say by the way it, Ukraine were impressive as well And if it wasn't for Wales goalkeeper um, An outstanding form They would have taken something from the game But they showed what a good side they were So two away games And they've shown up well But Wales, as so often is the case They've got a player That is a world superstar in Gareth Bale And I know it was an own goal But he still has to put it in the right area and what a wait it's been for Wales, 60, 64 years was yeah, it or something yeah. along those lines. So we thought we were hard done by the Welsh people, um, slightly longer than us. Yeah, a big Scotland game coming up on Wednesday. We'll get to that shortly, but there's a lot of domestic stuff going on as well. And we want to hear from you, 0141 951 1025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. And it's been relatively quiet on the transfer front at the moment. That's what you'd expect, though. It's only the, the 6th of June, but there's always rumours floating about. But at the moment, a lot of the players still on holiday or on international duty. You'll expect that over the next couple of weeks will be when it starts to hot up. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean... When I was still playing, June seemed to be the the bit of downtime that you got. The full month was pretty much quiet, but I mean, it's changed since then. I mean, players on international duty now won't get a rest till the 14th, um, and that's all around Europe. And then they're right back into pre-season, probably at the start of July, so not a lot of time for them to rest. Uh, and look, there's no doubt about it, players' agents will be doing the rounds at the minute, but Clubs will take their time over certain things. I think the outstanding ones that the fans think would be easy to do is the players that have been on loan. Mm -hmm. So for Celtic, um, you look at Carter Vickers and you look at Jota, the Celtic fans would probably in paper see that as an easy thing to get tied up. But these things take time. You know, everything needs to be right. And even though the players may want to come to the club and be desperate to have another season, the clubs, their parent clubs, hold all the all the cards all the aces here so I may take a wee bit of time but I still believe those two will get done yeah that's a good place to start let's hear from former Celtic manager Martin O'Neill he believes it's important they sign Cameron Carter-Vickers and Jota on permanent deals he thinks they can help bring the club more success it will be interesting to see how that pans out because I'm sure that Celtic would as a football club and he as the manager would want to keep those players um, the centre-back you're talking about and particularly he's been on loan the lad, seemingly endlessly on loan but he's improved immensely, did really, really great in the season. I'm sure he's loved it and the, an opportunity for him to go and play in the Champions League and, uh, you know, and play against the very, very best in Europe. 
why wouldn't you want to stay? You know, I'm sure he would. I think really important for Celtic if they could uh, cement those. Well, let us know your thoughts. So one four one nine five one one zero two five, or send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Martin O'Neill was talking about Cameron Carter Vickers there. How mm. often he's been out on loan? It's not really worked for him up until this point, where he found a club that he seems to click with, and Celtic yeah. will hope that 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 means he'll he was happy last season, and, and that could spark a, a permanent move. Yeah, I mean, it gets to a time in a player's career that they've got to feel comfortable, they've got to feel settled in a place. I would have hated to have been a player like that 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 just travelled from club to club and never had any real uh, roots or or been able to stay in the same place for long. And Carter Vickers sometimes happens when you get to these big clubs and you've got so many ahead of you in the queue. Of course, you have to go out and trial things, but like I say, got to get to a time where. Everything fits And I think Carter Vickers Did fit Celtic Celtic needed him No doubt about it But he also needed Celtic A platform That he could come And play in And, and feel comfortable And, and feel uh, Loved by the support And I th- I think it took a wee bit of time For the support to actually Get behind him And realise how good he was I think Because he makes things look that simple And he looks like he doesn't break a sweat It was only As the season progressed The fans started thinking this this is a guy we've needed for a long time So I've no doubt in my mind That he would want to stay But it's the parent club that You know obviously holds all the, the aces here Like I said before Because they will demand Whatever they, they really like of Celtic But for Carter Vickers Martin O'Neill's right what he says Playing in the Champions League is a huge draw For him to go back down south And perhaps go and loan somewhere else He may just be Playing normal league football The Champions League Is where every player Wants to play And he's got the opportunity Despite the fact That it is the, the 6th of June It kind of feels as if These two deals Have just been dragging on But it was because They were there last season And yeah. everyone was aware of them And everyone knows That they, they had these loan deals With the option to buy But it is easy to forget That it, it's only the 6th of June The season's only just finished yeah. The players will, will be away At the moment And you know there, There's plenty of time To get these concluded Well it is But I suppose if you're a Celtic fan, you've heard all that before. You've you've sat and you've thought, oh, we need to wait to see what the qualifying rounds of the Champions League brings. And then we've got the money to buy players. The big catch this season or the big draw for Celtic fans this season was Champions League was guaranteed. The money is there. It's guaranteed. So they want to see players in the door. And you're right in mentioning that these, these two, particularly Jota, Fans were clamouring for him to be signed before Christmas We were talking on the show saying that should be done And the argument was Well maybe he's only had a good first half And he could fall out of things the second half Well he got even better So I think the Celtic fans might be a wee bit impatient wee bit nervous um, But the first week in pre-season I've no doubt Ange Postacoglu Would want them in the building The first week of pre-season So everybody can be together And keep that squad as complete as possible and then add to it for there. I know fans will grasp onto absolutely anything during these transfer periods. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. Someone had posted up a couple of pictures. They were in New York. I don't think it was anyone from Scotland, but it was a guy that was in New York. He was playing as a small-sided game of football, <laughs> needed some numbers, called over a couple of guys. Turns out that one of them is Jota, and he is wearing a Celtic top. So I think a lot of Celtic fans will be happy that he's yeah. out there in New York wearing a Celtic top. I, Did you cut about on holiday with a, a Celtic top on with no, Wilson twelve in the back? No, no, no. I would have. I, I wouldn't fancy getting booed on holiday. <laughs> Jota can pull it off because he's a hit with the fans. I mean that is remarkable. I, I can't. I can't think of many more players that I can remember would have done that or pictured with. Um, 
to, to walk about New York Just like you that. going round the Bahamas in a Dumbarton top Nothing like that, no, uh, has that never happened? Nah, not quite, or a United or a, or a Bristol City No, nah, I wouldn't have went down the same But fair play is Yota You know, that's, that's why the fans love him so much Because he looks like someone who loves just playing football once the season was finished, Andrew, I was I was feet up. I, I didn't want to see a football in case I get injured. You didn't in have holiday. much international football to keep you occupied either, uh, did you? I don't I, get a call on. I'm not speaking. <laughs> right, let's do that. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Whatever you want to speak about, we are here for you. Tommy is next on the line. Tommy, what's on your mind? I uh, just to ask Alec a question, and Alec, I'm speaking to a lot of person. It's it's Mark who's on the line. Oh tonight, sorry, not Alex. Mark, sorry, sorry, Mark, Alex. that's right. Alex who? <laughs> I don't know, I'll get your name mixed up. I was thinking of a good player. <laughs> get another caller on, actually. I'm not answering Tommy. I know, Mark, but I was talking to a personal player. I used to be an international sports guy myself, Sandford Brown, man for Scotland and that. And I think it's like really, really unfair on the players to ask them to keep working themselves after the season these boys have had. I mean, some of them guys have played like 60, 70 odd games. You know, I think. At these like nation cup snatched have been put to off after the especially since they've got a very small window to get a rest before they're going back into the season again because of this World Cup. I do, look, I do feel for them. I, I said that to me. I mean, I find it, I find it hard to believe players can keep performing at the top level, playing as many games as they are just now. I, I mean, I feel even just emotionally, mentally, you need time away. You need time with your family to to just reset almost. And your top internationals now, um, you know, are playing and in, in, involved in European games and European finals. You know, like the the Rangers boys, it's just non-stop. It's I, I mean, Andy Robertson. There you go, the Champions League final and the World Cup qualifiers and Armenia, Republic and Armenia, and then he'll be right back at it. How can you expect those players to to continue to play at that elite level? I find it hard. But when else do you fit them in? You you just can't. The Nations League was. Chosen as a as a tournament to get rid of meaningless friendlies that I think we all hated anyway because there was so many changes. So the only positive is with these nations leagues is it it gives us the opportunity to get to big tournaments. But I mean, Kevin De Bruyne was the perfect one last week by saying he doesn't like it. He's playing too many games. You can understand him, but for us, at least there's some bonus at the end of it if we do well. Yeah, and I suppose. In previous Scotland squads under previous Scotland managers, we've seen a lot of players when it's come to this time of the season pull out of squads and pull out of games. Is there a positive there that we've now had the most important game of this camp? There's three games coming up which still do have an importance, but there hasn't been any sign of, of players dropping out, pulling out. Yeah. Yes, Lyndon Dykes has an injury, but apart from that, the full Scotland squad are still intact. They still want to play. They still want to bounce back from that game last week. I think that speaks volumes for what Steve Clark's created at Scotland. You know, I, I get the disappointment last week. We were we were absolutely devastated as well. But the players, uh, you know, have got. A, it seems like they've got a special bond because they came through that qualifying campaign and got to the finals and everything that came with it, and then. They've got us to this. They got us to the World Cup quarter, uh, playoffs. There seems to be something special that they they enjoy it. Again, going back to when I played, they were unbelievable amount of call offs. You're right. When it got to this stage, people are you know I, I've got this injury that I'm carrying, so I can't play two friendlies or three friendlies in June. Was that acceptable? Probably not. Um, but Steve Clark's created something that I think we should be proud of. That that team wants to stay together and not make us better. 
John, are you looking forward to these three games that are coming up, or are you struggling to get motivated for them? It's Tommy. Tommy, Tommy sorry, Tommy. <laughs> How'd you like that, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that was on purpose. <laughs> well, I'm actually no, because what I would feel is, 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 is if I got asked to run like, three international races, you're never going to knock them back, but deep down somewhere mentally, you're, you're absolutely knackered. You're just like, and it's a big banana skin for us. I know Armenia, they just after beating um, Republic of Ireland. Yep. So it, it's putting pressure on us already, you know. Is the whole mark that because these games do have meaning and we've seen the success of the Nations League before it got us to Euro 2020, is the fact that the players will see the, the long-term gain of performing in these matches that they are yeah. important despite the disappointment of last week. Oh, it's got to be. I, I mean, I keep saying it, that the Nations League, to, to teams like England and Belgium and, and teams who qualify for these big tournaments all the time, Nations League, you, you can quickly or see nothing. I think they only take it serious when they get to the semi-final or the final. You've seen Portugal um, last uh, a couple of years ago, maybe one. But for us... When you see that's the route to a finals, then you've got to take it serious. Every game has got to be taken as serious as that World Cup qualifier just then because the end goal um, is is so great for us. And until we are in international tournament finals um, every couple of years, then we can maybe (laughs) then put it to one side and try things out. But until that point, we need to take it as serious as possible. Tommy, do you think these games coming up, despite the importance, could be an opportunity for some players that, that haven't had much game time or, or any game time for Scotland? Guys like Ross Stewart with Lyndon Dykes out. I know Alan Campbell's in the squad for the first time. Well, I was, I was going to my next point. I was going to say maybe we should try, try a different format because the long ball to Dykes, just, it's, no one's, it's just boring, but it just doesn't work all the time. Um, most of these goals have been like scoffs or just tappings or something like that. So, the, we never really scores much we see but we we'll keep firing long balls up to you to see if it's going to get on you see not going to something so I this maybe, maybe be the games that you should be trying piece it on can I hide it not in any minute I mean Lyndon Dykes has scored some important goals for Scotland he's he's played an important part in some big games but the fact that he's not there it'll be interesting to see what Steve Clark does because he could go for Shea Adams up top with a couple of players in behind that he's done previously or there could be an opportunity for him to try something completely different Different, sorry, at home to an Armenia who you don't want to take for granted, but it's a team Scotland should be beating. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and I think Ross Stewart has done well um, this year, and he's done well to get where he is in the squad, but I think he will go for similar to how he finished the game against Ukraine, because I thought it looked much better anyway. Four in the back? We, yeah, four at back, but even in forward areas, I mean, with Shea Adams kind of spearheading it, and you've got two players in behind. I thought Armstrong came on and Christie made a, a difference. Some Something along those lines, I think he'd, he'd rather go for than Ross Stewart and Adams up front. Tommy, is it more difficult to take the disappointment last week after the game between Ukraine and Wales? Because Ukraine looked a much better side against Wales. Wales probably looked like they were there for the taking. Aye, I think that was a real story. And it's even worse when they scored the OG. That made it even worse. You know, he, he just felt. I felt that sorry for him. Even though they beat us, he felt. Oof. You know, but uh, it was kind of it's a it's a bad bad dose of medicine to take. I think watching that. Yeah, I mean, I admitted earlier on I didn't watch it, but mm. I have I've seen since what the game went like, and that does make it tough, isn't it? That if we got through against Wales, 
Scotland would have had a real chance Of course they would have They would have just with the, the group of players Come back to last week There's no doubt Ukraine were a quality side On the night they were magnificent But we massively underperformed And we've seen Scotland play much better All our big players didn't show up Only Craig Gordon showed up If, if we'd played um, much more of our capabilities Against Ukraine got through Then there's no doubt we would have we would have um, had a chance against Wales. Got to see what a terrific atmosphere it was on spectacle on uh, on Sunday in Ukraine. Were unlucky. Thought they were excellent again, but the goalkeeper, man of the match, tells the story. That's where the mentality of professional footballers should come in: is getting over that disappointment, hoping that they've got you know a point to prove, and making sure that they go out in these next three games and and show that that was just a one-off disappointment. Well, they're lucky that they've got a chance to. To kind of go some way of putting it right Of course people will always remember What an opportunity it was to get to a World Cup And, and they're right But they've got three games here They've got perform well Win three games And start off this Nations League campaign on a high Then fans will start looking forward to the next tournament And that's that's all the Scotland players can hope for at this minute Well thank you to Tommy 01419511025 Give us a call whether it's domestic stuff or international stuff We want to hear from you after these you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141-951-1025. If you've got something to get off your chest, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Let's go straight back to the phone, shall we? John is a Celtic fan in Copebridge. John, how are you feeling heading into the sort of early stages of the transfer window? I'm feeling good. Uh, good squad, but as I spoke to Chris there, I don't know if you seen it this morning, Mark, but I watched uh, the Japan and Brazil game and the boy was supposed to be interested. Is it Itikara? Uh, aye, Ko- Ko- Itakura, yep. Aye, uh, sorry for the pronunciation. I got it right earlier on. Uh, he, he looks a good addition, Mark, to the squad. I hope they can get him in as well. Just wondering what you're thinking. Well, I, I must. I didn't watch it. When was it on? It was this on morning? about 11 o'clock this morning or something like that, friendly between Japan and Brazil. So Kyogo started the game, right. Maida came on as a substitute. Koetakura is a name, well, we've seen him linked with Celtic a lot. He's at Manchester City, he was on loan at Schalke last season, can play in the centre of defence, yeah. can play as a holding yeah. midfielder. We know it's a market that Ange Postacoglu really likes. And John, what, what did you make of him when you watched it today? I thought, I thought, it, I thought it was very uh, composed in that Put, put, put me in mind a bit of big uh, Vickers you know what I mean uh, really I, I, I think it'd be a great addition to the squad obviously as you know Mark I'm not a fan of Christopher Julian and I hope he goes and uh, I'm always on about him getting Ryan Porteous in but obviously he's got issues as well but I still think we need another centre backs in and this guy to me obviously the guys Angie's brought in the Japanese market everyone's been a success so I, would, I think this guy would be a great addition to the squad well, we, we know that's the case that Ange Postacoglu knows that market well and, and the players he's brought in. He's at Manchester City as well, so it means he's part of the City group and yeah, so uh, Ange Postacoglu's worked for the City group previously. There's also that link as well. Again, it seems it seems a pretty simple transfer if it was to take place. If he's an international player, then, of course, that's that's another plus point. Um, but... A Celtic centre half being being composed the way John's describing him there is exactly what you need to be. I mean, we were we we're chatting about Celtic needs somebody strong and powerful at the 
um, a, a couple of seasons ago they got Shane Duffy in of course we've seen where that went because when he was on the ball in possession he was pretty poor when you play for Celtic in that back four you need to be good on the ball It's obviously you need to be a good defender first and foremost but the way that Ange, especially Ange Postacoglu wants to play then it's crucial that the centre halves can take the ball and drive into midfield and pick passes and start moves so if that's the way Itakura is then he sounds like a, a good fit for Celtic It's clear to see why Celtic fans would be excited about this because Ange Postacoglu has shown he can be trusted going into the, the Japanese market Kyogo, Hitate, Maida we've not seen too much of Yosuke Idaguchi yet yeah. but the ones that have been given a chance have performed and performed well Well it helps him we spoke about it before it certainly strengthens his hand when he goes to the, the board and says this is, this is who I want to bring in because I've got these three that have definitely been success Idiguchi might be a success as well so I want to add X, Y and Z so um, it's a market that I mean I was fortunate enough to, to play with well Koki Mizuno you remember Koki Mizuno yeah. and obviously Nakamura and just the way their, their professionalism was something that I'd never seen or, or probably never seen after that just the way that they actually behaved and looked after their body and, and just focused so much on the football and it seems like it's it's a real plus point that Ange Postacoglu knows that market and brought them in and they're, they're doing so well and it always helps when the fans take to them right away. The start that those boys got though was crucial as well. I mean, mm -hmm. their opening games was Kyogo obviously you know, came off the bench at Tynecastle, did he? Or was on the bench but then his yeah, next yeah. game he, he scores a hat trick then you look at Hitati he scores a, a couple and uh, and Maeda scores in his debut as well. So that's crucial. Um, any player gets that gets the fans inside right away. There's sometimes a, a culture amongst supporters that if they're linked with a lot of names that they, they've not really heard of or they don't know much about to maybe write them off straight away and say, who are these players? Why don't we go for, for people we know? Mm, but yeah. the fact that Ange Postacoglu has, has gone out to different parts of the world, brought in guys that didn't have much of a reputation in Scotland anyway and have found them to be a success will give Celtic fans confidence that you know whoever he goes for that they feel will be the, the right choice. It's got to be the way forward for, for Celtic because although they've got this Champions League money I mean that Champions League money gets you very little in terms of the broad you know broad spread of players that play at Champions League level so you have got to have a manager and a scouting team who can uncover these gems for different parts of the world and if it costs you maybe three to four million quid then brilliant if it doesn't work out then look, you've not lost a lot of money but gone are the days that Celtic are, are, are going to spend vast amounts of money on players uh, I think the market they're looking on is right and I think that market's fair as well for the return that you're getting so if this is another one then I'm sure the Celtic fans will be happy to take a gamble on it Well thank you to John 01419511025 that's the number Paul in Uddingston has rang Paul what are you thinking tonight? Hi Paul Hi Paul Hi mate how you doing? Good thanks what's your point tonight? Uh, my point tonight is just uh, your previous caller there. I, I don't usually phone in. I listen all the time, every single night, and I don't usually phone in. But the guy that was on just there before me, he was talking about uh, Ryan Portis coming in. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I think he's an absolute wrecking ball, and I think he would just disrupt the whole thing that Big Andrew's got going for Celtic, you know. And I just want to see your, your opinion on that. Yeah, well, Mark, Ryan Portis has, has come under criticism before. Hmm. The thing is, you think if, if Celtic were to be interested in him, is that a transfer that probably would have happened by now? 
Uh, it's never going to happen in my opinion you can play this back to me maybe <laughs> in four weeks time when he's standing outside uh, Celtic Park with a Celtic strip but I don't think it's somebody that fits the model I, I agree with Paul right? I think Portis is a decent player a decent centre half and you know he's obviously he's had some issues with his, the aggression in his game that we've discussed in this programme many times saying that he needs to take that out of his game if he's going to progress to the next level but if I'm being honest, I think even the next level isn't as high as Celtic. Um, like he's a centre-half, strong, but I just touched on, need to be comfortable on the ball, you need to be composed. I don't think that that Portis fits that uh, makeup at the minute. Paul, if he's not a player you want to see in, is there any positions in particular or players in particular that you'd like to see Celtic go for? To be fair, um, I think obviously we need to get Jota and Carter-Vickers. That's Without doubt, they need to get them nailed in. Um, and how do they bring in somebody? Somebody maybe just to back up the right, the right side, because obviously, well, I know we've got a bad on it, but we Forest, he's not getting any younger. Um, I know he's a good boy and he plays well, but he's he's prone to injuries these days as well. I, th- I think Celtic are, are strong in that area. I know what you're saying, Paul. They have James also Forrest. just handed James Forrest a three-year contract. Exactly. So that shows that Ange Postecoglou yeah. probably is. That's a vote of confidence in itself, isn't it? It is. Um, and it, look, James does pick up injuries, but when he's on top of his game, there's there's very few better than him. I guess he's just found himself unfortunate this season that he picked up a few injuries, and at that time. Abada came in and scored was it, 15 goals Jota on the other side was was incredible and then Maeda came in as well to, to play both sides Kyogo can also play there as well so when you add them all and I think Celtic are pretty much covered in the wide areas I even think they could get better you know with another year you know the players experience it this year I think Abada I mean what is he 19 years old yeah just scored for Israel uh, a few scored days for ago Israel's well, huh? first goal so I mean these players uh, you know, I think can rotate all about that that front line. Um, so I don't, I, I can of see him going for another winger uh, in that respect. I do think he'd maybe go for a holding midfielder. I think that's that's somewhere we discussed last week that mm-hmm. Celtic could could do. We, I did see today a story linking Celtic with a young Aberdeen player, Connor Barron, who's I know personally from my time mm-hmm. at breaking. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, he's he's gone from strength to strength ah, since then. Listen, yeah. since I got sacked, there was only one <laughs> way for him up. Uh, but he was representing Scotland under twenty ones. I do think they need maybe somebody more physical. No doubt that boy can handle taking the ball, and he'd be he'd be very pleasing eye. But then I think they need somebody physical in the middle of the park, especially when they're going to come up against tougher teams in the Champions League where they're going to be under pressure they need somebody to sit in front of their two centre-halves and I know McGregor can do that but that could release McGregor further forward Would that Barron move be a surprise if it went ahead if Celtic did pursue Conor Barron? I don't think so I think he fits the model for what you need to be to be a Celtic player in that central midfield role I mean you look at Callum McGregor mm-hmm. and you look at his stature how big he is I, I remember playing with Callum way back when he was a kid Callum was a, a winger at the time, a small winger, and he's built himself into this um, absolute genius, a, a holding midfielder. Um, Conor Barron, no doubt, early stages of his career, what I've seen, can take the ball, can open up play, can dictate play. That's very difficult to do for a young player, so that's maybe why he's uh, on Celtic's radar at the minute. Paul, do you have a lot of trust that no matter what Ange Postacoglu does in the transfer window, that he'll get it right just based on... 
the previous two windows? Oh, I have got plenty of faith. He seems to know what he's doing. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I think that will be the, the general feeling amongst Celtic supporters. But t- time will tell because we it's still very early in the window and it'll be interesting to see as well just how much Celtic spend as well because it's the first time in a long time that we've seen one of our Scottish teams go straight into the Champions League group mm. stages. Celtic have never been a side to, to go out and spend crazy amounts of money but the board will have that confidence in Postacoglu. They will, but I just can't see them, you know, going 10 million plus for a player. Mm-hmm. I just can't see it. Um, I don't know if that will happen again here in this country. Um, I think they will back them in terms of a few signings at five and six million pounds. Now, that's, that's a different kettle of fish. That's a different calibre player. Yep. But sometimes they work at the best. And Evans Boss Coggle, like we've been chatting about, has got this great track record in that first year. Because even look at, you look at the full picture that he brought in, all his players, you know, and I always state that he's had help. I don't believe it's just him who came in with this list of players and the board went, right, we'll sign every one of them, mm-hmm. they've all been a success. There's got to be some homework behind the scenes with the Celtic scouting team that's that's done that. So the two married together, scouting team and him, they got a spot on that year. Why, why wouldn't you trust them in the second year? But Celtic fans have got to be realistic. They're not all going to work out. I mean, he'd be an absolute miracle worker if every one of his transfers work out. I suppose you don't need to spend big all this summer as well. Yes, there's, there's Jota and Carter Vickers who probably be about £6 million each. But if you do similar deals to them like they did last summer mm-hmm. and bring in guys and a loan to buy option, then you've got guys that could potentially you know, have a really good season for yeah. you and then could then you know, spend the money next summer. Uh, but it's always a risk because you it, never know how it, it's going to work out. It's a good model. I mean, the, 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 the time a loan player's coming in for a few months... Um, and then going back to their parent club is, It seems to be over now Seems to be a lot of clubs Kind of going down this route Where it's for a year Or, or even longer And uh, if you're getting these players At that uh, You know That kind of trial period For a year or two From one of the big lot Down south or abroad Then It's a good business model Especially when you get that um, Option to buy At the end of it. So It's worked This year But Celtic need to back that up You actually need to then go and Spend money in securing Carter Vickers and Jota Because if they don't Then the fans are going Well what's the point in that What's the point in bringing in two players Who are probably Arguably our two best players all season And not buying them the next season um, So Celtic fans will I'm sure Will be the same as me Be desperate To see them in a Celtic shirt next year Paul do you hope that Lure of Champions League Group stage football That's guaranteed Could help bring in possibly A, a sort of even higher calibre of player well, hopefully, but see, to be fair, like, obviously I know that they're tried and tested and what's going about Europe just now, there's not a lot, but when you look at what he's brought from overseas, I'd be happy if, see if he went out to the market in Asia again, and they came back with another couple of players, I'd be more than happy if that will give him a bash, because he's obviously done it, he knows what he's doing, he's been there, he knows them, so I'm happy with that, he just needs to tie down Jota and Carter Vickers. You can get the two of them for 12 million tops and that's a steal in my eyes. And the thing is, Mark, they're both they're both a good age as well. They're yeah. both early 20s. Jota is a bit younger than Carter Vickers, but the hope will be that that model is in place that if Celtic can pay whatever it is around 6 million plus for, for these two players that they could end up having a real good impact at Celtic and then potentially a couple of years down the line they may get picked up 
Again if they continue to progress That's got to be the model I, I mean Both of them Bring their own strengths Jota Celtic can't afford To let Jota be another um, Patrick Roberts Where he comes He dazzles the crowd He builds a real Strong relationship With the fans And then They let him go um, I think I think Jota's even better Than Roberts I think he's in products Better And for Carter Vickers Well he just looked like He strolled it Up here So You get another few years Out of him And then Comes married with that probably international football. Then the model that Celtic have always stuck by: bring them in for X amount, sell them for double. Um, you can certainly see that happening with him. Well, thank you to Paul oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones. After these, we'll be hearing from former Rangers manager Alex McLeish. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141951-1025 on the phones. We want to hear from you, Rangers fans. What do you make of this? Let's hear from former manager Alex McLeish. He believes the club could sell defender Calvin Bassey for a Scottish record fee. And with Ryan Kent, Joe Aribo and Alfredo Morelos entering the final year of their contracts, he thinks they could cash in soon. You know, say yes. In the beginning, when I saw Bassey, you know, was not sure because if he was a left full back, wing back, centre back, and he, he's been versatile enough to play in all three positions. But uh, you know, I really enjoyed his cup final performance, and that's you know, you know that kind of made me see why it, that there's so much attention being paid to him at the moment. That is the main question. It's you know every week there's a Rangers player linked to you know, one of the big clubs in a different division and. And um, you, you'd think that someday something's got to give. One of them will leave for big money at, at, at a certain stage. Does it feel inevitable that Rangers are going to have to sell someone that's a regular starter this summer, whether it's Calvin Bassey, because there seems to be a lot of interest in him, or whether it's the likes of Joe Aribo, Alfredo Morelos, Ryan Kent, guys that are entering the final year of their contract, because it's a big summer for them, because Rangers have to kind of choose whether... You know, they let them wind down their contract. They need to see if they can actually tie them up longer mm. term, or they need to see is now the right time to cash in on them. Well, it would be bad business if they let them run down their contract. You know, they've invested a lot in these players in terms of time. Maybe not money in all all the cases, but in terms of time and and nurturing them through. So a business model's got to be when you do that, and you think they're at the peak of the powers, if you like, then you've got to cash in because. That's what Scottish clubs are. We're never going to be anything else. You know, we're not in any position to to hold on to players and then let them get progressively worse to their 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 values diminished. I mean, you know, when you just go up and up and up the chain, probably only who Real Madrid, maybe Man United are the only clubs who could actually hold on to their players. Every other club's a selling club, and we're no different. So, I think Rangers will look at it. They'll look at who's their most saleable asset. Now, for a couple of years, that has been Morelos, probably. But as far as we're led to believe, there's not really been that many concrete bids. I think, did they get one or two? Was it Leo? Yeah, Leo uh, was certainly interested last Leo summer. Leo were interested. So it was a big call, not on back that. Ryan Kent's always been there as a real standout, and I don't think his European um campaign has done him any harm if he wanted to move on and Rangers uh, any harm so the big one is Bassi though but I, I'm st- not really getting this record transfer fee you know he's had a good season there's no doubt about it he was outstanding in the two finals um but 
I believe he'd have to have you know a good European campaign again before I even hit the heights of 25 million no doubt that Rangers could probably sell him for a good amount but is it going to smash the 25 million mark I doubt it at the minute but he's certainly got potential I've heard quite a lot being made about the Scottish record transfer sale and, and talk about you know comparisons with Kieran Tierney but that doesn't really matter too much it's just what an individual club thinks yeah, Calvin Bassey yeah. is worth and what Rangers are willing to sell him for yeah uh, I guess what's going for Bassey and Rangers if they want to sell him is that you know he's got experience of down south before so he's got that grounding down there and sometimes you know just people in England that that means a lot to them you know I'm talking about management teams and scouting teams um, know that he can kind of cut that side of it so that might add a wee bit more to it um, but when you look at his finals and especially the Europa League final clubs sit up and take notice of that um, so Rangers will have a big decision but clubs have to obviously put the bid on the table first and foremost unless we, we just end up in Morelos territory where for years no real bid came in until that one for Leo so it is a big summer for them uh, and it'll be interesting Balogun did he is he he's gone, gone yep. as well uh, contract was up and he's uh, he's left the club so I mean what does that mean I know Katic might be coming back but are they in a position then to let? Yeah, I suppose with Connor Goldson signing on, you've still got Bassey, you've got Hellander, you've got Suter, uh, and yeah. you've got Leon King, who played quite a bit of football towards the end of the season, certainly is one Rangers are excited about. So there still is sort of five options of, of centre-backs there. Yep, so it all depends what comes in. Uh, and it should be down to the manager. You know, Van Bronker should get the final call, and I'm sure he will. I'm sure the Rangers board trusts him enough to make that call. I mean, ideally for Rangers, they don't get themselves into a position where they've got three of their key assets in the final year of their contract. Football clubs would love to get to a point where they can always have the, the contract rolling, so they have plenty of years left. But they'll hope that if they can sell them this summer, that they can still get a decent fee for them. We saw Celtic in a similar position last summer. Christopher Ayer, Odson Edward yeah. were both in the final year of their contract. They Their hand was forced. They did have to sell, but they still managed to get good fees for the two they, of them. They did, but... The one thing it does do is it makes for a wee bit of an unsettled dressing room. I think when you allow players to run down into their final year, you're never quite sure what you're getting from them. You're never quite sure if their performances will, will raise because they're looking for that move. You're never quite sure how the fans will take to them. One bad game is all it takes for fans to turn around and say, oh, he's, his heart's not really in it. He's not committing to the club. So I don't think it's a good fit for anybody when that happens. So... I think Rangers have got a big call in terms of getting these players either tied down or putting the word out that these guys are up for sale. You never know what's going to happen as well because Conor Goldson it looked as if he was going to leave the club. He ran down well, his contract and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's signed a new four-year deal. I, I honestly couldn't see that coming. I've been saying for a long time now, probably for six months, that when it came January and they didn't sign, then I thought the writing was on the wall that Conor Goldson was working his ticket out of there. And especially a couple of weeks ago, where the, the post came on and it just looked certain that after the, the Scottish Cup final that was him away what a remarkable U-turn I'm sure the Rangers fans are delighted because he's been he's been there for a long time now um, you know he's had a terrific season I don't think this season though was as good as last season but I'm sure the Rangers fans are delighted and if it's him matched with John Souter then on paper that looks a good partnership and then you've got Calvin Bassey as well. You wonder, you know, is he likely to play centre-back next season? Is he likely to play left-back next season? We've seen the versatility, but if you've got John Souter coming in, you've got other options, Hellander, 
and Barisic at left back, it's it's well, probably a good problem for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst because so. he's got options back there. See, that's that that's a plus point about Barisic that there is a number of positions you can play him in. He, he can play left wing back, he can play left back, but that left centre half uh, position is key. We we'll always hear people say it. it's quite difficult to find a a left sided centre half who is aggressive, who's quick, who can play, and he matches all that as well as can play in other positions. So. That's why probably the price that people are, or the price tag people are mentioning, is, is so high because it's quite difficult to find. We've seen Giovanni Van Bronckhorst certainly in some European games. He's had John Lundstrom drop back into a back three. Is that something you could see Rangers going for long term? Not with John Lundstrom, but if they've got those options at centre back, Calvin Bassey looks as if he would be a good fit as a left centre yeah. back because he can get forward, but you know physically. Very good. Is that something that you think could could work for Rangers? That's, that's a modern game. When you play three at the back, you're left-sided and your right-sided uh, players have to be comfortable in the ball and comfortable staying in. Now, on the right side, if you had to play Suter on the right side, he's incredibly comfortable on the ball. I know that for experience playing with him. Bassey's the same, or you could play goals in there. He's great at that big diagonal. Um, so it's options that Van Bronckers got. I thought it worked well when he, he actually utilised that. You know, he changed in-game. I think he should take... A lot of credit for that um, Because he was taking a fair bit of stick For being tactically inept and things like that But he got it right in those occasions I think we will see that more next season I think he he has options to to move people about And it's not like you're moving them out of position They're all quite comfortable in those positions uh, And I don't think he's, he's obviously finished in the transfer market as well I think there'll be another couple of additions How does... Moving to a three at the back change the role of the fullbacks because obviously they're more advanced. They push forward. We've seen how productive James Tavernier can be at the right of a of a back four. How does his role change? Because we see him driving from deep as he then positioned further forward, yeah. and that changes how he plays. Well, I, I didn't quite. I hadn't like playing right wing back because of my starting position was ten to fifteen yards further up the pitch. So you can imagine when you're getting the ball for your right sided centre half, you're. You're in an advanced position Where I liked in a back four Where I could get it I could see the full picture So you need to adapt your game Plus I always found out that I got missed out Andrew You know it was <laughs> it was called the graveyard shift Just because you were up and down Almost like a decoy run And uh, well, I don't know how James Tavernier feels about it He seems to have no problems Because his assists and his, his mm. numbers still remain the same But it is a different role It's a totally different way of playing Um Interesting to see how much Van Bronckers uses that But I think in-game He's seen it works from time to time So I think he will use that throughout the season Is it a case of it's just the areas further forward That Rangers need to look at strengthening Because we've talked through the options at the back They look quite well set there But potentially is it the centre of midfield Is it out wide There's the, the right wing spot that people talk about a lot With Rangers that maybe hasn't been solved yeah, well, Hadji, Hadji's still to come back. I mean, he's been kind of forgotten about mm-hmm. just because of this remarkable European run. You know, a lot was getting mentioned about Morelos and and other people that were missing. But remember how much a big player he was. So a good pre-season under his belt, he'll be like a new player for Rangers. 
Well, thank you for all your calls, all your tweets tonight. Thank you for listening in. Of course, it's another big international week on Wednesday. Scotland at home to Armenia as we kick off our Nations League campaign, then away to Ireland on Saturday, and then next Tuesday it's away to Armenia. So lots of football to look forward to during this summer and, of course, plenty of transfer speculation. So make sure to stick around. I'll be back the same time tomorrow with Gordon DL. And up next, it's Callum Gallagher.